Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Back with another midsummer excited and fun-packed version of The Advertising Show. This is not the home version. This is the broadcast version of being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Advertising Age Magazine, you can visit them online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. We've got a, a gentleman on, uh, on the air with us today that has been with us before and uh, something new to talk about from uh, Taddy Hall, the uh, Chief St uh, Strategy Officer for the Advertising Research Foundation, ARF. Taddy's primary responsibility at uh, ARF is to help uh, marketing executives meet growth objectives through better use of knowledge, assets, and research insights. And we'll tell you more about that. And there's a brand new book I see sitting there, and it's called The Online Advertising Playbook. So we're going to talk about that today as well, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, naughty is nice. Uh, that's what Patrick Meyer is up to a little bit later on in this show. And uh, Jeffrey Gittimer, who knows you? It's not about who you know. It's about who knows you. Welcome to the uh, world of uh, advertising and marketing with Ray yeah. Shillings and Brad Forsyth. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, it's always good to have uh, Taddy aboard. He's, he's been on the show before as a uh, representative of the American uh, Research Foundation, and now he's an author, of, though I think he's an author of others, other books before. Right. Uh, and how many people do you think know that his real name is Ridgeway H. Hall? I've got this little uh, handy note that he wrote to us here. The, See, I think that's a great name. Yeah, Ridgeway. I don't know why. I guess Taddy uh, probably got in a fight in uh, grade school over that and I don't went know. to Taddy. I we'll think. have to ask him about yeah, that, or maybe yeah. we have. I'm not sure. I, maybe we just did. But th that's the kind of one of those names that you think that they ought to run for president one day or something. You maybe know? that's what happened. So it didn't work out. You go to the uh, ARF and uh, you got to got to blend in with the with the guys. I didn't see him at the at the Democratic uh, convention there. The, well, he, the he was there. He was in the back. <laughs> very, very back. There you go. Ray, uh, you're a big fan of Dunkin' Donuts because you've got that crack showing in the back of your pants there where you sit on the stool. <laughs> I hate donuts. Yeah, I go do ahead, too. Uh, yeah. But anyway, Dunkin' Donuts launched a uh, new website recently called MyIcedCoffee.com, which in conjunction with, this is pretty cool, MapQuest will give directions and identify the chain's eateries along the way. According to a report in today's Boston, uh, not today, but uh, earlier uh, a few weeks ago in, in Boston's uh, Boston Globe, the site will also tr allow travelers to plan trips, I don't know how many will do this, to find Dunkin' Donut oh, outlets on. in 33 Jeez. streets where they 33 states where they do business. As so they, if you're hooked on Dunkin' Donuts, you got your fix. Well, you know, it, sh wait a minute, you're, should we go straight or take a left? You're uh, pimp. Uh, you're whatever. Yeah, uh, well, I was going to take uh, I-55. Yeah. Well, well let's, let's jump over here on this farm. It's only about an hour and a half out of the way, ex but ex shoot. Exactly. Now, as a sweetener, excuse the pun, the site, We'll also offer trip planning advice and instant win games for gas cards. Not a bad idea there. Yeah. JetBlue tickets. Okay, now aren't you off the road at that point and you can't buy the donuts? <laughs> and this is pretty cool. GPS systems are going to be giving away. So it's a... It's a okay, I, can, I get that. Yeah, I, except for the JetBlue tickets. I guess wow. once you get to your destination, 
Then you can go to Dunkin' Donuts. Give you a JetBlue ticket with one of those seatbelt extensions because yeah. you're going to need it. Well, no, I'm and joking. then you hand your MapQuest <laughs> to the pilot as you're getting on just in case you didn't know, Captain, where we were going. Pilots right? do use GPSs. Isn't that a scary thing? Yeah. I don't think they Google the destination, though. That's true. Uh, that could be really bad. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah no, the, the donuts. Give me coffee. Give me star. Just give me Starbucks, okay? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, uh, at the FCC, uh, the indecency rules, which mm-hmm. have been, well, Don Imist recently. Right. Yeah. Um, I wonder what ever happened to him. He just yeah. kind of yeah. flew it's, away. At this point, it's ego, and it's probably he's probably sitting there counting his money, but he's wishing well, sure he had he somewhere yeah. to go, I would imagine. Yeah, well, his yeah. contract said he had to stir up trouble. <laughs> Seriously, and uh, it's like, well, now you're telling me I can't do that? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. But anyway, the courts are tossing out part of the FCC's indecency rules. The broadcast attorneys are still sorting what the impact will be for radio as a rule, as a, a result of a ruling tossed out in indecency decisions against two television networks. What? Hmm. The U.S. Court of Appeals says the FCC was arbitrary and capricious. I love it when they're capricious. Oh, yeah. Uh, when it wrote its indecency rule book regarding cases when an expletive is a slip of the tongue. The FCC says it's still studying the decision. So if, it does, if it's not planned, it's a, a slip of the tongue, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like premeditated yeah, right. in the case of murder. Yeah, or the case uh, of uh, Imus. Yeah, I mean, he, we he knew what he was doing there. You, need, you sure he did? Yeah. That, that, well, that was his job to do. Of course. So yeah. it wasn't his first time either. No, right. no. And uh, Don happens to do a lot of other good things in this world mm-hmm. for a lot of a lot of people. So right. give him some slack. Yeah. Good well, guy. that was that was good just guy. certain people that decided to get on him and CBS. Yes. Well, exactly. I'm talking about a few in particular. The oh, those people. Yeah. That we were not going to mention. No. No way. But you do them, Joe. Wrong. You do them. <laughs> Wrong. We're off. We're off the internet. Here's uh, Jeffrey Gittimer. Before we go too far, hope we haven't. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now here's Jeffrey. You know, there's an old adage that goes, "It's not what you say, it's how you say it." That old adage is wrong. It's both what you say and how you say it. But let me give you another adage. In sales, it's not who you know. In sales, it's who knows you. Authentic salespeople are well-known. Successful salespeople are well-known. Now, let's take it in steps. If you're well-known among your coworkers, that doesn't really count. If you're well-known among your customers, that counts. If you're well-known within your industry, that really counts. The big question is, how do you become well-known and why should you care? Because the more well-known you become, the more authentic you are perceived to be. Part of being authentic is about being honorable and being real. Regardless of what you do to build your reputation, if your actions are unethical or people perceive you as being insincere, your authenticity is going to suffer a little bit. Know what I mean? The best way to test your authenticity is go to Google.com. Enter your name and hit return. What happened? Nothing? Well, not much? A few things? Well, I use Google as a measuring stick for reputation and authenticity. So do your customers. So do your prospects. So do your industry leaders. Get your own website. Write a few articles. Make a speech. Get Googleable. 
quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. And now you know how to get more people to know you. Thank you very much, Jeffrey, on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. We have uh, Taddy Hall coming our way here in just a moment. The, the brand new book, The Online Advertising Playbook, is the name of the book. Uh, the man writes as well. Uh, you know, Recent articles on innovation have appearing in the Harvard Business Review, the Wall Street Journal, in Ad Age, and CMO Magazine. Also a, a co-author of the online Advertising Playbook, as we said, published uh, this year. Uh, senior management positions in the United States and Latin American companies in both private equity investment firms and operational companies. So uh, he's been all over the place. He hangs his hat now in New York City. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's come into the city this weekend to, uh, to talk with us a little bit. And we'll have Taddy for a uh, few segments on the show. We've also got uh, Patrick Meyer, another New Yorker with a new marketing insider coming your way as well. What you got? You know, uh, I, I wish I could remember the name of the drug, but there's a new pharmaceutical out that's for men and it's for their prostate and something about shrinking and so on and so forth. And they show a, a nut on there uh, yeah. <laughs> and then they show it smaller and this and that after taking it. The very first disclaimer after, yeah. at the towards the end of the spot, this product is not for women. <laughs> Well, does that mean they can't touch it or they shouldn't take it? I'm just telling you they want to make sure up front that if you're a woman, this product is not for you. You probably ought to find out what the product is to make sure. Uh, I mean, you know, I understand disclaimers, and, you know, you got to do that. Yeah, and then there's silly disclaimers, which uh, <laughs> the lawyer said, no, you've got to put that in there, because one time this woman thought it was a, a, a birth control pill, <laughs> and she took it, and she had a monkey or something. <laughs> It's the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth about to join the uh, hookup with uh, Taddy Hall out of New York. And uh, we're glad you're with us today on the Advertising Show. Stay with us. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back to the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And uh, we saved the Memorial Day Armor Hot Dog spot for the 4th of July, which is just around the bend here with uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Our special guest is Taddy Hall. It's uh, it's a brand-new book that we're going to talk about today, among other things. The Online Advertising Playbook, and the subtitle is Proven Strategies and Tested Tactics from the Advertising Research Foundation. Let me uh, show you uh, what... uh, uh, what a couple of different people say about this. It says, finally, somebody has documented all we know about online advertising and how to do it right. That's Greg Stewart, uh, CEO and uh, president of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Tim Kopp, uh, VP of Global Interactive Marketing of Coca-Cola. This says, the playbooks, principles, case studies, and strategic insights equip marketers with the best knowledge available. Well, we went to the source, and we got Taddy right on the phone here out of New York. Taddy, it's good to have you back on the advertising show. Welcome back. It is always a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, Taddy, before we jump into the uh, book, which is outstanding, and I highly recommend it, and, and Ray, I know, does as well. We were talking about it before today's show, published by Wy- uh, Wiley, by the way. Uh, great book, and we'll talk more about that later in the interview. But first, let's talk about a uh, 
uh, I don't know, I'm calling it a white paper entitled Winning Advertising that you penned uh, back in April of just this year. And uh, in that particular white paper, you uh, mentioned that when it comes to universal laws of winning, that there are two basic ways to win. Talk about these two ideas for growth. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think where this came from, really the germ of the idea, was uh, both research and, and observation that many, many advertising campaigns were being conducted without a clear sense of what the business objective was. And uh, over the last decade or so, I've been involved with a lot of research, the subject of which has been innovation. Um, and one of the things that we found is there's a very clear... Um, there are very clear pathways to uh, developing successful growth businesses. And one of those pathways is essentially to beat the competition uh, through superior performance along established uh, essentially rules of the game. Uh, Toyota, Caterpillar, Walmart, good examples of those. Uh, others are simply to change the rules of the game, or not simply, but to change the rules of the game and create whole new markets. Um, that can be through creating consumers out of people who are historic non-consumers or to develop a new a business model which is profitable at the low end of a market uh, that historically has been unprofitable for the entrenched leaders and uh, uh, companies like Zipcar or Zara uh, or the well-known case of Southwest Airlines all, all fit that model and uh, we arrived at these uh, laws through as I say about a decade of research and just found that sharing them um, offers a very useful framework for advertisers and their partners uh, to develop or at least frame um, effective advertising campaigns. And you uh, you mentioned also that, that most advertising is wasted because it lacks a, a winning strategy as you guys define it. So are you saying, Taddy, that literally billions of dollars uh, spent this year are really, it's just money down the drain? I'd say the first thing, I don't got measure waste. Uh, uh, others have. Uh, Greg Stewart and, and Rex Briggs tried to put a number on that, um, uh, and I think they came up with uh, something around the order of you know, $40 billion a year is wasted in advertising spending. I don't think there's any doubt that, that we're talking about billions and billions of dollars in, in waste. Um, that's that's, a, that's a, uh, an output measure, um, and I think what's clear is the, the product um, – to, to, to use a bit of a tautology that's either profound or just banal, um, every process is perfectly designed to produce the results that it produces, you know, uh, which is, I guess you have to say, sort of tongue-in-cheek. But right. the reality is, is that our innovation process and, de facto, our advertising process uh, generates a lot of brands that fail, um, fails to achieve or, or, or generate the growth objectives that brand managers and CEOs have, uh, and that certainly is waste. And, and what we're trying to do is bring a little bit of clarity to an area that traditionally has been shrouded in mysticism uh, and an absence of real rigor. Yeah, and I know uh, the ARF has studied hundreds of brands and thousands of campaigns, including some of the uh, world's best uh, well-known brands. And your particular study that you're referencing here uh, is certainly uh, yielding many of these principles that you're touching on. And, and you, you go through a litmus test, mm -hmm. and we're certainly not going to go through all of them. And, and if you're listening and you're interested, can you access this uh, through, uh, a, uh, through the ARF.org, or is this available in another way, Teddy? 
Uh, this white paper, uh, I'm happy to share it with folks who want it, um, and we've made it available to ARF members, I but see. people can certainly uh, contact me, and I'm happy to, to share it with them. And your email is through, uh, can they find your email at the uh, theARF.org? Yeah, it's just my name, Caddy, not Ridgeway, right. uh, at theARF.org. Okay. So if you're interested, and we'll plug that again, uh, send an email to Teddy, and he'll shoot a copy off to you. But just touching on a few of the litmus tests that you say are uh, uh, a litmus test for winning strategy, the very first one that you mentioned is, and I think it's very important, know the game you're playing. Talk about this, Teddy. Well, as I, as I say, you know, um, uh, successful new growth businesses, which is the working definition that I use for innovation, um, are created by and large when you're able to change the rules of a game. Mm. Uh, in other words, to create a new business model, a new economic model. I can certainly give examples for that uh, uh, today if your audience has patience and time. Um, and, and that's a very effective way to create new businesses for new entrants to a, to, to, to a particular industry. Established leaders tend to win and persist in their winning by improving performance along established uh, performance metrics. Uh, and, 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 and if you don't know which category you're in, i.e. an established leader trying to, to advance and continue your established success, or if you are a new entrant, and that could be a new brand mm -hmm. uh, or a new uh, a business model from an established company, but if you don't know which of those games you're playing or if you're vague about uh, uh, what your business model is, your advertising is only going to be muddle and clutter. Yeah, and that's an outstanding point. I'm going to, uh, Ray and I are going to uh, dedicate the next two segments to talking about your, your book, and we've just got a few minutes left in this uh, segment. Okay. To, to wrap up uh, just this article, you, you also mentioned uh, advertising based on consumer insight. I'm curious, uh, how does a company really get meaningful and usable consumer insight today? You know, there's a lot of attention right now on ethnography and observational research and, and giving a lot more uh, currency to what people uh, actually do than what they say. Um, and this has a lot to do with a lot of the neuro, uh, neuroscience uh, research that, that's uh, finally made its way into the marketing and advertising community that we simply know people can't be trusted to report with their conscious uh, and cognitive faculties, um, uh, realities and truths that are deeply embedded in, in their subconscious. So I think that the, the, the companies that are succeeding in generating deep insights are using a mixture of approaches that are getting way beyond the direct uh, uh, survey approach and, and, and getting at people's deep emotional uh, passions, desires, concerns. I mean, if you've gone out and asked people, you know, what, what they wanted in a coffee concept, no one's going to give you Starbucks. If you go out and ask people what they're looking for uh, in, in terms of a, a, a portable music solution, that's not how you get to an iPod. Uh, you know, if you want people to talk about a portable, you know, a PDA, for example, no one's going to just give you the brief for a, a BlackBerry. That comes from deep understanding and watching people uh, go about their daily lives uh, and, and other tools uh, that, that are useful in terms of probing the subconscious, the emotional. Uh, underpinnings of people's behaviors. Special guest here on the Advertising Show, Taddy Hall. The book is called The Online Advertising Playbook, and uh, we've got a couple more segments with Taddy. We'll uh, come back and uh, do that in just a minute. 
Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. You're like no other babe ever born. You're fabulous, babe. You know how to reach out and show your love, babe. You're fabulous, babe. You're one of the boys, but you're a real girl, baby. This is the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Uh, Teddy Hall is with us today. The uh, brand-new book called The Online Advertising Playbook. The, the American, uh, the, excuse me, the Advertising Research Foundation, founded not by Teddy, because we know Teddy is not that old, in 1936 uh, by the Association of National Advertisers and the, and the American Association of Advertising Agencies. Brad, this is 1936. We've got organizations like this working. That's pretty cool. I didn't think Good. Teddy was that old. No, he's not. No, that was his two generations ago, right, oh, Teddy? Uh, my <laughs> uncle started. That's yeah, right. there you go. And by the way, excuse me, for I, I erroneously called it the American, and you're exactly right, the Advertising Research Found, Foundation, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you for correcting me on that. Not a problem. Welcome yeah. back to the show, Teddy. It's good to be here. Yeah, and a uh, great book, by the way. Again, uh, John Riley and Sons of the Publisher, and check it out online or Amazon.com or your favorite bookstore. It's a great, great read. Uh, curious, uh, jumping into the book as promised, who did you have in mind, Teddy, when you guys got together to write this book? And in your, your mind, uh, who should be reading this? Uh, the, the book was designed in some ways for what uh, our co-author Joe Plummer called the curious fence sitter, um, and it really is designed for um, brand managers and their agency counterparts who are eager to make the most of the um, the internet advertising opportunity, but less than fully confident about uh, how to do so. I think that's fair, and uh, you know who, who could be so confident that they wouldn't uh, uh, want to hear a little something about, uh, especially online advertising, right? I mean, talk about something that the jury is still out on. And I think you guys really, the way this book is written, is it's it's not just opinion; it's backed with some great research. And of course, you would expect that from the Advertising Research Foundation. Uh, curious. Uh, how did you guys get together? I mean, it's hard to get one person to agree on one particular subject. you got four co-authors here. How did you all get together and decide uh, who was going to contribute what to the playbook? Uh, that, that part was pretty easy um, in a sense that the, the, the book, like a lot of great books, had a very uh, clear acorn from which the story sprung. And um, that's probably most simply and explicitly captured by a conversation that I had with a, uh, a Gillette executive, Pat McGraw, uh, who I had lunch with, uh, with Bob Baracci, our president, maybe three years ago. And he sat down and he said, uh, you know, I've got $3 million right here that I'm supposed to uh, spend on Internet advertising. And uh, I tell you, I don't have any idea of what to do. Hmm. And we were kind of befuddled because we're saying, geez, there's like 8 million things that you could do, right? And he's saying, yeah, but I have no idea uh, how that stuff works and why it works. And so that acorn, if you will, we, that, that became essentially the, the, the genesis for the book. 
we went around and talked to a lot of other advertisers, and what became very clear was there was a huge population of folks who were tired of the hype, tired of being told that they were uh, Luddites that needed to, to get over it and get on with it and uh, do more with the Internet, but lacked the core body of knowledge and the research basis for making decisions. So when we set out to, to, to write this book, it was clearly not going to be another hype piece. We were very interested in getting the truth and getting facts about what do we really know uh, about the effective use of the Internet to achieve advertising objectives. You know, here at the uh, Advertising Show, we receive a lot, of, uh, a lot of books from all the major publishers out there, especially the how-to business books, as you mm -hmm. can imagine. Uh, what, what makes this book different than the other how-tos out there about online advertising? Well, I'll tell you, I, there are, and I don't want to, to deprecate other books. There's just there aren't any. There are no other sources that uh, have benefited from the generous uh, support uh, of, of several thousand research studies that were contributed to us uh, uh, by leaders from across the industry. So, uh, in one way, it's different is simply the input to this book. Uh, number one, which is thousands of cases from a broad swath of the industry uh, coming together to create the book. The second big difference is is this book is done without bias or desire to promote anything. Um, this isn't a hype piece for the internet. It is a truth and a fact piece. Uh, that said, it is it is a it is a guide. It is a playbook. Uh, so it's very different in in that uh, dimension. A third important dimension of difference is who's involved with a book. If you look down the list of the 30-plus advisors, it is a blue-chip roster of some of the best brains in the business that helped us get the story right. So those are a number of the ways in which uh, the, the book is an important uh, difference uh, from, from other things that are out there, and that's not to say there aren't a lot of other books that are that are good, we just saw a very clear need for somebody to go out there and put a stake in the ground and start to establish the core body of knowledge uh, really based on the first decade of online advertising experience as to what works, how it works, and how you can make it work for you. And the last point I'll make on that is a lot of books, just like when you go to a conference, you know, you go to a conference and, and you get a case study presented to you, and basically you hear a nifty story about all the business results it, it achieved but no detail on kind of the blood, sweat, and tears, and toil of, of the background research and all the uh, uh, work that was done to generate those results. People don't often share that kind of stuff. And that's, the, that's the, really the value, is all the stuff about the process and the organizational details and the research and the metrics. Uh, and we made sure that we uh, uh, lifted up the hood and, and, and uh, dug into the, the essence of this to mix metaphors. Special guest here on the Advertising Show, Taddy Hall. The uh, brand-new book, uh, it's a team effort. It's called The Online Advertising uh, Playbook, Proven Strategies, Tested Tactics from uh, the Advertising Research uh, Federation. We've got uh, more of Taddy and more of the Advertising Show coming up next. Uh, advertising Show being powered by Shipple at Shipple.com. It's an incredible uh, engine called Tendency. It's uh, kind of a cool thing. Check it out. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. 
How can 18 different companies all sell the exact same thing known as water? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most thought-provoking, groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. Your job demands you not only have good ideas, but great ideas. And those great ideas have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. How can you get someone's attention if you don't have $10 million in a celebrity endorsement? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most innovative and groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. The next big idea demands out-of-the-box thinking. Start your search for greatness in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Burgess is a darn good battery. In my hand, I have a Burgess battery, the darn good battery, and that other battery. Now... Tell me what I am doing. You're on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and our special guest out of New York this weekend is uh, Taddy Hall, uh, author, co-author of the Online Advertising Playbook. Taddy, welcome back to the show. Good to be back at the show. Yeah, and at the end of this uh, segment, uh, listeners stick around because I'm going to be asking uh, Taddy to talk about a look ahead at emergence, emerging plays in the uh, online arena. And you have several uh, outstanding guests that weigh in on comments of the future uh, as you're ending chapter of this book, uh, mm-hmm. outstanding blue-chip names such as Jeff Cole at uh, University of SoCal. We've got a, a, a lady from Microsoft and Dakota, as well as uh, Rishad Tobakawala and some other uh, great names there. But we'll get your get your take on that. But before we do that, you know, it's jam-packed with great information. If I were to uh, ask, uh, Taddy, for you to just, you know, share with our listeners one big takeaway that you discovered in writing this book about online advertising research. What would it be? Uh, boy, you want one. Uh, I'll get, one is there was, there's a clear sense that the historic demarcation between what's been considered, say, brand advertising versus direct response advertising, that that historic division is both blurring and, as a consequence, losing its relevance. And that really all advertising, and this isn't just online, is really being held to its ability to generate results on a new metric, which is really its ability to generate brand demand, which encompasses the concept of generating near-term sales as well as building the brand in a measurable way that delivers results in the long term. To me, that was a very important and, and profound piece of learning, and it, it's manifested in some very different mental models for the way that the best advertisers uh, pursue their advertising online and offline. So uh, a new, certainly direct response is a, a very simple way of measuring online marketing because you know what calls you're getting, what merchandise you're selling, you I suppose. But when it comes to branding uh, and brand effectiveness of online uh, uh, marketing, I've got to believe that you have to have discovered either some new metrics or some more effective metrics when it comes to measuring uh, effectiveness for, for, for branding campaigns. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and you know, what I, what I, what I would share, because um, there are all kinds of metrics uh, that, can, that you can use to measure success. And 
the important thing uh, is that they're business metrics, not just Internet metrics. Um, uh, and as, as one of my colleagues at Conagra Foods says, the fastest way to get kicked out of my office is to come into uh, Conagra uh, uh, proposing that we adopt some set of metrics that's short of sales. Uh, that said, proxies for sales that have been validated are, are, are relevant. But, but in brief, it, I think that success starts not with a metric, although an objective is, is absolutely critical, but with a right process. And one of the things that we learned in doing this book is that they are absolutely – uh, maybe a portfolio of three different mental models uh, that effective advertisers used either one or sometimes in combination uh, to, to generate their results. The first was a concept of uh, advertising as a service. Uh, in other words, it's not the traditional, let's, in, let's find a customer or a prospect, we'll interrupt them and we'll repeat the message. Rather, it was to learn what a prospect was trying to do, understand that objective, facilitate success in achieving that objective and essentially brand that journey towards the outcome that the customer desired. It doesn't sound profound, but it's very different from the traditional advertising approach. Uh, the second is the whole concept of engagement, an area where the ARF is, has been leading the research, but thinking about advertising as an opportunity to engage. In other words, uh, online advertising, not simply about doing the same things that you've been doing with traditional advertising, but to f do fundamentally different things. Um, if there's time, I can give you a brief example of that. Actually, we're, we're going to run out of time, and I want to give you a chance to uh, ra bet. wrap it up, if you would, by way of really weighing in a bit on you, uh, your feelings about uh, the future of, uh, of online marketing and where you actually see it going. Of course, you have the benefit of having others weighed in on this, and I know you talk to a lot of uh, uh, very prestigious people within the industry. So what are your thoughts about uh, the future of online marketing? Uh, I'll tell you one of the important findings in doing this book is is that we found there there are, in truth, no experts. Um, uh, the, the, the pace of change is accelerating, and that's a, a truism uh, that we hear all too often. But the reality is, is that those who succeed are those who, who enter into this space with a degree of humility, uh, which enables them to share their learning under the basic belief that the power of your knowledge increases when you share it, not when you hoard it. And, and, and to me, that's, that, that, that principle is going to have increasing currency in a world that is increasingly networked and in which the pace of change and innovation and the scale, uh, meaning globally, not just locally, only increases. And that's what the ARF's role is going to be going forward, is helping people uh, get the quality of research they need to make informed and successful decisions is going to be the hub of that sharing of knowledge so that each practitioner can apply that knowledge in the way that's most effective to achieve their business outcomes. Teddy, thank you for the uh, the great efforts thus far, and thanks a whole bunch so we can share it with the world here, the uh, the brand-new book, the Online Advertising Playbook. Uh, it's uh, Wiley and uh, Wiley.com. You can find out more about that, of course. And uh, that's it. It's been a pleasure, as always, having you here. Best of luck and uh, continued success with, uh, with your efforts there. Thank you guys very much. We're on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Foresight still to come. We've got uh, Patrick Meyer, the marketing insider. That'll happen in just a minute. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. I love Bosco. It's rich in chocolate tea. Chocolate flavored Bosco. 
Just a few moments left here on the advertising show today, and again thanking uh, Taddy Hall for being a part of the uh, show. Go check out the book; it's good stuff. It's uh, called the Online Advertising Playbook, and it's uh, actually out right now, so it's a good place to go. And uh, next week, uh, the guy is uh, a former CEO of WB Donor and a co-author of a book called The Obvious: All You Need to Know in Business. Period. 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 So that's mm-hmm. James Dale. Uh, with us on the advertisingshow.com. If you want to kind of sneak peek at what the book is all about, theobviousbook.com is is uh, their place. And the phone lines are ringing now yeah. for we're James's ta- book. We're taking the fourth caller. Uh, <laughs> fourth caller gets the book for free. It's an online email version. It's downloadable, so it's really not free. You get it free anyway. There you go. While we uh, while we take this call, yeah. <laughs> let's cool. uh, get Patrick Meyer on that. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider, featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about a phenomenon that's going on in the last couple of years. It's called Naughty is Nice. Yes, you heard it right. People want to be just a bit naughty. Yankelovich, in their most recent survey, highlighted that 73% of people felt empowered to break the rules and have fun doing it. Another example, Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. A little bit of naughtiness. Not that everybody necessarily wants to go and get wild in Vegas, but it's just having a little bit of fun. People want to have more fun and do things that they're not supposed to do, all within reason. Consumers want you to break the rules so they can have more fun and be surprised and delighted. They don't want boring brands. They don't want boring advertising. They don't want the traditional. Give them some stuff that makes it fun and a little bit more playful. Here's how you get there. What you want to do is understand how your target thinks. What do they do? How do they like to have fun? When are they playful? So let's take Yankelovich's willful disobedience insight and come at it in a way that builds your business. First, what does your consumer do? What do they find that's really fun? What do they laugh about? What makes them smile? Let's bring some of that to our product, to our advertising, to our offers that we serve up to them every month, what we do at retail or online. How do we surprise and delight them and make them smile? Second, let's break the rules ourselves. What do we do that's a little bit different than other members of our category? So Target versus Walmart. Target's always being a little bit naughty and breaking the rules and how they portray the brands, what they do, how they do sales, etc. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember... The marketing revolution is now. Thanks, Patrick. On the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. James Dale is next with us next week as we uh, branch out into the middle of the summer already. It's wow. uh, July the 1st uh, next week. Uh, James is a former CEO of WB Donor and the co-author of The Obvious, All You Need to Know in Business, period. Yeah. That you have a vacation up. coming up, so good luck on that. Yes, I do. Yeah. I'm going to be a flower girl. That's true. Well, you, <laughs> it's about time you went legal with it. <laughs> Actually, my granddaughter is going to be a flower girl. Oh, good. Okay. So take, pa- take a lot of pictures. In the beautiful town of Napoleon, Ohio. Yeah, right outside is, Cleveland. It sounds like something that you might hear on the Garrison Keillor stuff, right? This is Garrison Keillor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's very good. What, do you have something there? Well, I was going to mention poor Martha. You know, we talked about her. She <laughs> poor Martha. came up from the dust, uh, and, yeah. and yet here it's time for her involvement in the, uh, you know, a little... A little federal judge action that happened recently approved a class action settlement that requires Stewart and her company, Martha Stewart Living Omnicom, 
I'm sorry, Omni Media, excuse me, uh, to pay $30 million in compensation Uh-oh. for losses to shareholders during the trading scandal and her trial. Shareholders apparently accused wow. Omni Media of uh, misleading investors by lying to federal investigators, according to uh, the report about Stewart's suspicious stock trading. Wow, so, so she's going to lose $30 million? Well, she's wow. going to have to pay $30 million in a class action suit. Wow. Yeah. Okay, then. Well, she's got the dough. Make it a nice day. Yeah. yeah well, you take a, a check. day. <laughs> you take a check, yeah. Yes. No, she's doing stocks. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Take some stocks. Yeah, you take a she's stock. doing She's back on the Today Show. That's good. They're, uh, they're nice to her now, yeah. so that's good. She's got her own just, uh, syndicated show as well. Oh, yeah, Looks kind of pissed, though. She doesn't look as lively as she used to be. Well, she went to prison. That's probably why. That'll do it to you. Yeah, exactly. Put a little frown on your face. Uh-huh. Or something else. The Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. You can visit them online at edage.com. Of course, we invite you to visit uh, us all the time here throughout the summer and uh, share the the program with your friends as well. It's the advertisingshow.com. But wait, you knew that, didn't you? Yeah. Yes. The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production.